Hello, my name is Tim Price. I want to welcome you to the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. And today I want to focus a little bit on pastors and ministry leaders who might be experiencing tight budgets for whatever reason during this season. I have a few ideas here to just remind us that even when budgets are tight, God is still faithful. God can handle it. But in the meantime, there are actions that we can take that we can stay focused on that keep momentum building and make an impact, and they don't cost anything at all. So I was just kind of brainstorming a list here, put it on my blog post, and thought I'd share it on the podcast today. I want to welcome you in to this episode of the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining me. We're thankful you've connected here with the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. Our hope is to help church ministry leaders and Christians in general stay focused on the things that matter in life. We know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you're here and we're grateful. If you have any questions, please reach out through email at timpriceblog.com slash podcast. Now on to today's show. There's a good chance that your ministry is experiencing a tight budget. For whatever reason, just the nature of the world we live in, the season we've come out of over the last three or four years, uh, the situation you might find yourself in. It's possible that you are experiencing a little bit of tight financial situation for your church. If you're not right now, these things still can apply because you might at some point. And even if you're not, these things are important. But I was just kind of brainstorming today an idea of free actions, things that don't cost any money, that can make an impact in your ministry, people you're serving, people that they are serving. And it can happen when we are just through the constraint, I guess, of dealing with budget crunches. Uh, it kind of helps us be more innovative and more creative. I've heard it said that the church is often like a mash unit. Not quite enough time, not quite enough space, not quite enough people, not quite enough money. We can always use more of each. And we know that God is the great provider, so we need not worry, but it doesn't hurt to be reminded of these things that we can do right now, regardless of our financial situation. So, One thing before we get started on the practical list is that prayer is a very important part of trusting the Lord as a church, and we want to make sure that we are trusting God's provision for the kingdom work that we're doing. And at times, the constraints financially help direct and lead the church toward the right things, the right doors that are opening by God's grace. And the constraints, as I've already mentioned, can help us be more creative and innovative. So, Here's the brainstorm list of ways that we might be able to um, do some things now, don't cost any money, but can make an impact in our church, even as we walk through financial difficulties. So number one, build volunteer leaders. Your church has people who can lead and would love to use their gifts to make ministry happen in more efficient, more effective ways. The church is really designed for each person to use their gifts, and you can grow deeper and stronger and wider without more paid positions. In fact, as you are developing leaders who are have a heart for the church and who are there, uh, committed people that are locked into your community and your region and the congregation itself, you're going to have a, a, in some ways, bigger impact. There are times to hire staff members and other servants who are kind of helping to coach and to lead or to do some very specific things. But for the most part, we don't have to wait around and let our dreams and desires be hinged on whether or not we have enough in the budget to pay somebody to help lead the way in ministry. 
There are ways to develop volunteers right where you are right now. Number two, we want to add value without any expense. We need to remind ourselves and our paid staff leaders that we can add value in the ministry of the church without spending a dime. In fact, there's already money invested in your life as a ministry leader where you are. And sometimes we forget that. We kind of realize, you know, it's obvious that we're collecting a paycheck, that we have a salary or that we're getting paid to do what we're doing. And sometimes we just don't think of that as an expense for the church. So the church is already investing quite a bit of cash just having you there. And that's a blessing and a benefit and it's a win-win for everybody. And sometimes it's just nice to think, how can I add value even without any more money coming from the church? Of course, we need budgets. It often takes money to accomplish ministry, and that's a known fact. But what if we said, without any budget at all, what are the few things that I can do that add a lot of value and doesn't cost any more at all? I learned that little lesson from a book called The Fred Factor, where a postman actually kind of became famous in his, I think, Denver, Colorado area because he did the little touches that no one else would do. And everybody loved it because he was willing to step out and do those little things, even though he wasn't getting paid extra. Number three might be counterintuitive, but you teach about money. This doesn't cost anything at all. And in fact, from the standpoint of leadership in the church, it's actually better to normalize the conversation around money, much like Jesus did. He spoke about it all the time, it seemed like. But it also allows us to not just wait around until we need money to talk about money. It's better to focus on the fact that each heart, each individual, each home needs to understand the power of generosity and the power of giving first fruits to the Lord as the scriptures command because of what it does in our own lives, in our own homes, what it does with our attitude and our, our hope that we sometimes put into our bank accounts as opposed to the gospel and the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. So don't just have a once a year message on money. Um, it kind of becomes a dreaded thing at that point for both the speaker and the hearer. It might be better to just say, I'm going to incorporate this in in little spurts throughout my messages, or I'm going to just have it as a topic three or four times a year. So it becomes a little more normal and you don't have to uh, talk about the need as much as the opportunity. Number four, reach out to people. One amazing call for the church was to go. And we need to be reminded of this on a regular basis. Without going, the message can't be shared or heard. So we need to kind of brainstorm and think and make a list of the ways that our church is going out and who those people are, where our church is heading to. And so as we begin to plan that and think about that, it, uh, it kind of becomes a, a challenge and a mission and a call, a reminder that Jesus is always sending his church. And we need to be able to say, yes, we're going to respond and we're going to go. And often it's the reaching out that actually kind of begins to build the kind of momentum that it takes for the church to regain the flourishing sort of provision that needs to be there to keep that ball rolling. seems like the more kind of uh, inward focused you become, the less exciting it is to participate in giving toward things when it feels like it's just to keep the lights on. Here's one example, and I don't want to be too, you know, strategic about these conversations here, but... Here's an example. If somebody's going to have some money that they'd like to give and invest in kingdom work, are they going to be more likely to give toward some new drop ceiling panels? Or are they going to be more likely to give to 
a summer lunch program in a, a needy area of the community or a mission trip for a couple people to go on to a, a disaster area that just experienced some terrible situation in their geographical region? Well, I think the answer is pretty obvious. People will always give toward the places where they feel like they're going to have a heart kind of impact in people's lives. And of course, drop ceilings are important. The building is important. We don't want to downplay that. But we need to focus on reaching out to people. And that's part of what you can do. And it doesn't really cost anything extra. Number five, appreciate the volunteers. Appreciating your team and your boards and your committees and your key leaders, it's a powerful way to keep people connected to the vision. People always appreciate being noticed for their work. They may not want to be recognized, they may not want to be named, but they definitely want to be noticed. They want to know that you know that they have been in this role. I've heard it said that people don't leave institutions, they leave people. This often comes from not being noticed. So take time to give specific thanks to people, pass on secondhand compliments, let people overhear that you're sharing the good news of what your people have done. And I realize that often we think of appreciating volunteers as spending more money. And it is true that you can invest a little bit of money in gifts or in a meal or some kind of party or something else, but you don't have to. That can come when it can, but you can always appreciate your volunteers with the smallest little things, and that can make a huge difference in the ministry. All right, number six on our list to clarify the vision and dreams. It's another way that you can make sure that the church is staying moving forward, even in the, the process of, of uh, difficult financial situations. And this even helps the people who are kind of in charge of those financial situations, the ones who might be a little demoralized looking at the budget and the finances and the income and wondering how in the world is this going to work out. It's a good time to sort of say, this is God's church, and we're going to do all we can to make sure that we are being good stewards and we're being effective in ministry. So it's a good time to clarify visions and dreams. And sharing those visions uh, to why people are serving and why people are engaged and why they're working together in this region for the sake of Christ, that sharing of that vision doesn't cost any money. And in fact, it motivates people and helps build momentum for people as they continue to live out their faith, connected to your church, meeting together for strength and encouragement, fellowship, connection, and worship, and then living out the mission of going into all the world. Number seven, do many small things well. I don't know why this helps me when I'm kind of overwhelmed with situations that seem kind of daunting, especially a financial kind of crunch, but it makes me kind of motivated to say, all right, we can't do the big thing, so we're going to do the small things really well. We can't add on to the building. We can't hire another staff person, but we can make sure that the little things are done with excellence. And believe it or not, small things create momentum. Make sure you are a welcoming guest with much gusto and red carpet hospitality. Avoid too many, don't avoid too many last minute changes in your plans. Don't just kind of change things fast. Make sure people have time to, to be prepared for what it is they need to do. Work hard to create great worship times, good flow, good music, solid messages, and it might seem counterintuitive, but focusing on worship times is really an important part of helping the church with the reminder that we are here to worship. And so if you're not sure exactly what step to take, spend a little time making sure that worship, the gathering, 
has a new component here and there, some kind of thing that breaks the script, that adds some spice, changes it up a little bit, help people feel like they're alive as a church and that something is going on down here. And uh, doing the small things well can come in a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different avenues. It could be the way that you are available to people or the way that you reach out to people or a remembering of anniversaries or birthdays or some kind of thing happening in the leadership circles of your church. You may not be able to do that for everyone, but you can take your small circle and do the small things well of remembering and helping people know that they're known and any other number of things in terms of doing small things really well. Encourage your church to do that. Encourage your leaders. Encourage your staff. And uh, you can make a difference in your kids' ministry, your student ministry, your music ministry, hospitality ministry, and the committees and the teams. Everybody can benefit from just making sure the things you do often are done well. Number eight, clean up a little. Making the building more presentable is an awesome way to keep momentum going. Volunteers, for whatever reason, it's a tangible, simple, light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing when you say work day at the church building. Sort of one-time projects, simple instructions. Lots of people in your congregation, no matter how small or large, can help paint or clean or remove clutter or clean the building inside and out. Curb appeal gives the church a sense of pride for those who are involved intimately, but it also gives the community a sense of kind of uh, expectation that the church is alive, that something is happening. And seeing your people work outside the building, even for like a two or three hour block on some Saturday, can actually stir up interest and excitement. So you want to find a way to rally your church to serve together in this style of cleanup, just general making things better. And sometimes it requires some permission and some figuring out what to do with this stuff or that stuff. But either way, it can have an impact and it can build momentum and you can have a lot of joy doing it and you don't really need to worry too much about the cost in that unless it's some major project. Number nine, celebrate. This is a little known secret that we too often just breeze past because we finish up one thing and it's a big success and then we're on to the next thing. Some of them even overlap, hardly have time to reminisce, hardly have time to plan ahead sometimes. It's kind of like we should have one thing after the next. But when you pause to celebrate the great things happening in your ministry, large or small, you are affirming what you want people to repeat as you build waves of momentum. So keep celebrating the good things through your words, in your writing, in church publications, in special notes, and in meetings and conversations and from the pulpit. Celebrate what God is doing at every turn. And that's not only going to help build momentum, it's going to help increase people's excitement, and that in turn is going to help uh, build the anticipation and the expectation for people to give and for people to partner and to support and to be obedient to God's call to give first fruits so that the church can accomplish all that is needed. And then number 10, have fun. You have the benefit of being with these people right here and right now. Have fun knowing them and being known. Have fun spending time in the community and spending time in the church. Enjoy being in ministry. And don't let the possible constraint of finances steal away your joy. And don't let the kind of comparison that comes when you say, oh man, that church seems to have it all. Don't let that steal your joy either. Comparison really is a joy stealer. And it's 
tough to do. I realize that I'm saying something here that's much easier to say than to actually do, but the Lord has given you an opportunity to serve right where you are right now, and you need to put a smile on your face, you need to put pep in your step, and you need to have fun being a part of the lives of your people right now. And I also want to invite you and myself to have fun in the process of keeping the ministry going. You have a lot of skills. You have a lot of things that you can do. And there is no reason why you can't get over the hurdle now of the issues and situations that you're dealing with financially. There are ways to prune a little bit. There are ways to increase a little bit. There are things you can do to make a difference. I have always admired some of the older pastors that I've looked up to that kind of get to a point in their ministry when they realize their, um, their time is a little bit shorter and they don't worry as much about what they're saying and how it might affect their ministry career. They kind of seem to be more in interested in ministry in general. And so one of the things that I've noticed is they actually have fun talking about the invitation to give to projects, to ministries, just to be faithful and giving to the church in general. And one of the things I remember hearing at one service was an older preacher who said something along the lines of, well, the good news is we have all the money we need to complete our project, but the bad news is it's still in your pockets. Everybody kind of laughed and it was kind of a fun, lighthearted moment, but there was some truth to that, that this guy was having fun calling his people to make sure that they realize that nobody else is funding the work of your congregation. Nobody else is keeping the lights on, keeping the pastor paid, keeping the ministries and the missions and the work go on so that people's lives can be changed, challenged, and grown through the grace of Jesus Christ that sometimes is only extended because the church themselves have gathered together, been equipped as saints, and then sent out into the world, a lost and hurting world that needs to know the blessing of the gospel. So I'm calling on you to think about this is more than strategy. It's more than accounting. It's more than just simple fundraising. This is heart work that requires us to stay positive and energetic even when budgets are tight. These 10 actions can make an impact, and I encourage you to think about two or three that you can ramp up a couple notches in your ministry. Well, thanks for listening to this podcast. And if you have any questions, I'd love to connect with you. You can reach out to me through the blog, timpriceblog.com. You can take a look at the post there as well as other resources and other posts and other ideas. And if you ever have an interest in talking, I would love to set up a, a coaching call with you, even if it is just one time or two times. Sometimes just a fresh perspective might jog enough to kind of uh, set a, a new path and, and uh, get you thinking about some different things. I, I believe that um, those kind of conversations can help change and set a new trajectory. It doesn't have to be long, intensive, can be at times. Those are also helpful. I've experienced both. But I love the idea of just hearing a little bit about the context and just being able to think through things with you. Well, I appreciate you listening, as I said, and look forward to connecting again next time. Blessings on you, your ministry, your church, and your budgets during this season. Thank you. 
Harvest Ministry Teams, the sponsor of this podcast, has been in existence since 1996 with the mission to go out to sing, serve, and share the love of Christ and to raise up the next generation of ministry leaders and Christian disciples. In case you haven't experienced Harvest before, check out our music at harvestministryteams.com music. We have worship songs, kids songs, instrumental albums, and more on Spotify, YouTube, and Amazon. Thank you. Thank you.